everyone. Welcome back to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall. That guy right there we're going to get to in just a second. But first, right there above me is Minnesota Truck Headquarters, yourmth.com. Thank you to the uh, Jordat boys ever expanding throughout Minnesota. We appreciate those guys being supporters of the show and supporters of racing all over everywhere. Uh, and then right over there is ECS Sports. That's Mac Johnson. Not only is he a supporter of racing, he races. And he's the guy with all the little pit bikes and the golf courts, uh, golf carts, rather, uh, at all of the different racetracks. If, you, if you're buying a used car or you're buying a pit bike, golf cart, any kind of little transportation like that, give him and him a shot at earning your business because that's how sponsorship works. So, um, so this guy over here, his name is Scott Kosek. Uh, he, that's Scott right there. Welcome to After the Checker, Scott. Thank you, Kyle. Absolutely. And so Scott, we're going to find out who Scott is, but he runs a, a website and a Facebook page and all like a whole media conglomerate, basically, uh, called. <laughs> You're get, too kind. Yes. Get in the stands. Gets, G-I-T-S. You can see it on his shirt there, but it stands for get in the stands. And it's all about supporting the little racetracks all around America. And so um, welcome to After the Checkers, Scott. How the heck are you? Thank you, Kyle. I'm doing good. Um, I'm a, not quite as far north as you are, but, uh, you know, it's about 30 degrees here in Chicagoland today. But we're going to hit 50 over I think, Christmas. So I think, I think gonna we're going to hit crazy. 40, which is um, <laughs> nobody here likes that. Like we're 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 the, the tough north people. And uh, yep. we want white Christmases, and it's it is definitely not going to be a white Christmas in Minnesota this year. So, are, are the lakes aren't frozen up there yet, are they? Yeah, most of them are, uh, but not right. not well. Uh, you know, yep. five six inches of ice, uh, which is which is dangerous. It's just thick enough to give you some confidence, but just thin enough to like. You shouldn't have confidence, kind of a thing. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll. I know two hours north of here a guy just landed his airplane on the on red lake which is a, in minnesota if okay. people are from minnesota they know where red lake is and it mm -hmm. uh it went through he put his airplane through the oh. ice so that is uh that's a tough call back home to the wife boy i've seen videos every year on on you know facebook and tiktok and whatever of, of trucks falling through the ice but yeah. i never seen plane that's yeah this was a that's like, expensive yeah i i like it's i always wonder with race car guys, you know, when they just wadded up bad, like, which is always a possibility, right? And you have to call mm -hmm. home to the wife or you, you know, she's, you're on your way home after you shoveled your car back into the trailer and you're, you know, Hey honey, how'd, how'd the races go? Eh, not so good. Oh, what happened? Well, we wrecked our $80,000 modified and it's worthless. Like we're going to take the engine out of it and that's it, you know? And, uh, it's got to be a tough phone call, right? <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Or I mean, how many actually make the call and just you know it, because the wife never goes to the garage? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to the races this week? Nah, I thought I'd take a, the rest of the year off. Just I, I'm getting bored with For it. The rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, as long as they're safe, that's what counts. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, well, Scott, I wanted I, before we get to what gets is is who yeah. are you like where where is what is your background or did you ever race yourself and why race cars like what what where's where's your background so boy, i'll try and keep this under three minutes but uh, no i what i'm not 
is I've never been a race promoter. I've never been a driver. I mean, I've, I've raced go-karts, you know, at, at the local, you know, indoor, you know, ultimate accelerator facility or whatever, sure. but, yeah. um, you know, I've never been a racer. My, my, my original connection with racing, with grassroots racing actually was when I was a kid. Um, and this was back in the late seventies, early eighties. My father was the, uh, worked the pit gates at Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut. Okay. So I was one of those kids that the promoters hated because I was running around like a hellion and yeah, know, I was just gonna say you're like in the bringing my friends and stealing licorice out of the concession stand and yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, so that was my that was my first uh, awareness to grassroots racing. But I mean, fast forward to you know when I was in my 30s, um, I'm a I'm a marketer, right? I'm I've been in digital marketing for 20 years. I worked in major market radio in Chicago. Um, where I got that bridge from working in radio and, and working with small businesses mostly and not major corporate clients is we put NASCAR on the largest country station in the nation coming out of downtown Chicago. So that's what you see over here. Hey, I got the thumb right. I got the right picture. Yeah, you here. did. Yes, if you did. Look here. Um, this was an image that was given to me by the Motor Racing Network because they were so excited to be on this, you know, huge radio station, biggest country station in the nation. Um, and that was from the Motor Racing Network, and that's Daytona Speedway. Yes. Daytona International Speedway. So that's, you know, that was kind of my initial um, entry into racing. But I, I think what I am more than anything else, and I apologize if you can hear my dog barking. That's all right. Back, I heard him, but I, that's okay. <laughs> um, is, is I am a digital marketer. I, I love marketing. I love working with small businesses. And getting into this this grassroots racing thing which we'll get to in a little bit where gets comes from it, it's they are the epitome of small businesses right and and most of them are the second and third and fourth businesses of a lot of people because it's you yeah. know it's not year round it's it's one day a week it's so they are the epitome of it's small not businesses. profitable <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah. you know it's they're they're trying to survive and in my own little crazy, maybe egotistical way, I, I really believe that there's ways that we can help them go from just surviving to thriving. Right. But it, it has a lot to do with, you know, helping them understand. I mean, marketing nowadays, again, this is that marketing geek person to me. It, marketing nowadays is immensely different than it was 20 years ago when, yeah. or 25 years ago when a promoter would literally just, you know, Put up a get poster. An, an image printed, put up, you know, they take their stack of a hundred posters and they go around town and put them up in all the businesses' windows, and that's what worked. Um, so that's that's who I'm a, I'm also a, a father. I've got two grown kids, one uh, out of college, one in college. My wife's an educator. Uh, so she's she works with high school students all day long. Um, and I'm just I'm a I'm a passionate, you know, believer in the underdog when it comes to businesses, yeah. and and somehow I've ended up with you know, 1300 of them That's <laughs> in, awesome. in the racetracks all across the United States. And then, you know, I do some other stuff with small businesses still as well, but um, that aren't racetracks, but yeah, that's who I am. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a digital marketer and, and I, and I like to think of myself as a digital resource for all the tracks who are out there. So, so let's talk about those tracks. You just said 1300 of them is essentially in my not digital marketing guy, but mm -hmm. race fan, what gets is to me just Joe race guy is if, if I'm a business guy that travels, right. 
and uh, or anyone that travels. I take my wife on vacation to Kansas and I'm mm -hmm. in Kansas for a week and there's nothing to do on a Thursday night. I can pull up, get in the and yep. and type in the zip code where I'm at or the city where I'm at or the state zoom in on a map and, and damn near every racetrack in the country yep. is listed and where it is and when they race and a link to their website and what's going on this week. And how freaking awesome is that for a guy that is, I mean, if you, if you never traveled, it's, there's probably some sort of resource there. I see it mm -hmm. as a, if I'm out of town and I don't know where the racetrack is or if there's a racetrack or when does it race, yep. it's all yep. right there on get in the stands. Well, and, and, and I appreciate that. It's, uh, it, it really is, like you said, people ask me, do you have an app? Well, no, we don't have an app because you can literally go to a website, click save to home, and then the icon is on your home screen. And then screen, it is an app, yeah. yeah. And, then it's, and then it's an app. And, and literally, like you said, people go to getinthestands.com and there's, there's two things that they do from our homepage. They either enter a city and state and Google autofills the city and state or the zip code, hit search, and you get all the racetracks within 100 miles. Um, and, and, and they're not sorted by dirt, drag, you know, asphalt or whatever. It's, yeah. it, it's racetracks with a short description, you know, quarter mile asphalt oval, one third mile dirt, you know, carting oval, whatever. Um, or you can click the little map icon and you can see them on a map and, you know, use your little fingers to yeah. navigate the, the map and all that. Um, and then the other thing is we've got a page, it's all, it's just our state track maps. So that's our second most visited page is people go there, you pick your state. You go to that state and you see the list of all the tracks in that state. Um, and you can see them on a map, but you just see, you know, see them all over the state and you can zoom in, zoom out, see them by a list. And, and the whole idea is we want to help people find racing where they live and where they're traveling. And it's that simple. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant in its simplicity. Um, <laughs> Simplicity on the surface. I am guessing behind the curtain, however, there there has to be so much more to it. Like the the amount of work that you've put into this, Scott, has got to be ungodly, right? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, building when we first launched the, the original site was called racingin.com, racing in for fans of fast. So that was launched in 2008. And and when I launched that, interesting story, kind of how this whole thing started. Yeah. So when I was in this world here at the, the Daytona 500, you know, NASCAR started throwing out their home tracks program like 2007, 2008. I remember that. So they had these commercials of, of overweight guys and overstretched fire suits and chain link fences saying, this is my home track. This is my home track. And it was total stereotypical driven. But they ended it. And this was a commercial they ran in the Daytona 500. Like NASCAR must, I, they're smart people. They're, they're yes. telling me, go to NASCAR.com, click on the home tracks logo and find a track near you. I was working in radio. I was putting this on the air in Chicago, right? I went, I'm like, oh my God, I got to see this. I went to NASCAR.com. This was 2008, I believe. It literally took me 10 minutes to find what they told me to go look for. Now, websites weren't as as advanced as they are now, not as right. easy to make. Everything's, you know, there was drop down menus and all that other stuff. And when I got to that page, there was like 27 tracks listed. And I was like, wait a second, I'm in Chicago. I got Grundy County Speedway. I got Ileana Speedway. I got, uh, you know, I got 
um, Sycamore Speedway, and none of them are on here. And, you know, but that's the whole NASCAR home tracks licensing model. It is, you know, right. that is, that's the business of NASCAR. It is what it is. They're sanctioners. Um, and so I was like, if NASCAR is telling people to do this, they must see an opportunity. And this was just before NASCAR started to kind of start its little bit decline when the nation went into recession and the yeah. traveling race fans who made family vacations to NASCAR track stopped doing that because they couldn't afford it anymore. Anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But I, I set my mind to finding out if there was a resource online that, that had all these tracks. Um, and I, I, I found one. There was a, an old site called Chasing Racing. And that was that went yeah. that went back a long time. Um, it was a little out of date. I think the I think the story that I ended up reading was that the the gentleman who built that um, had actually passed away in a car accident coming home from a race one night. Ah. Um, and you know, sad, a totally sad story. But as I as I dove in more and more, you know, it, it just it became about a year long project while I was working in radio of finding out where all these tracks were, finding different yeah. resources and compiling them. And that was 08 when we first launched Racing In. And uh, we had over between 1,700 and 1,800 tracks in the directory. Now we, you know, we rebuilt the site at getintostands.com during COVID as a, a much more mobile-friendly, search-friendly, easy-to-use platform. And um, we're down to about 1,275 right now. Yeah. And is that you, know, and, you, and you read a lot about tracks? Go ahead. Is is that a is that tracks closing up? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's you gotta stop it's, that, right? It's, it's tracks closing up. And and that's the that's the challenging part about grassroots racing, right? There's so many different reasons why tracks have closed, right? And 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 obviously encroachment of suburbia is a major thing yep for sure you know, doug, doug rice who is the the main voice on the performance racing network out of um uh, smi speedway motorsports incorporated he told me one time he said scott what you got to understand about motorsports is all these stick and ball sports grow from the city out racing grows from the country in and makes sense the problem with racing is that all these cities started expanding into suburbia and then you get noise issues and all yeah, that other stuff yep so that's that's one reason, of course. Track has been there for sixty. Track has been there for sixty years, and the neighbor moves in next door, and that track's got to go. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because they didn't know it was there. Exactly. Yeah. That's the. It's what we. Oh. Like I've I've been in discussions. I live in Brainerd, Minnesota, is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. As as we're sitting here recording right now, about two thousand feet to my right is the starting line for for Brainerd International Raceway, which is an NHRA you know, mm -hmm. national track. Um, and for four days a year, like this, this building I'm sitting in shakes when, when funny cars and top fuel dragsters leave the starting line. And, wow. and, and it's been there, that track has been there since 1960. So yep. what are, I don't know what that is in math. That's 80. Is that 80 years, 40, 20, no, 40, 60, about 65 years, 65 years, years yeah. or so. And, and people move to the Brainerd Lakes area because it's a gorgeous, beautiful place to live. And then bitch that it's loud at the racetrack. And I'm like, that yeah. is, that's not a surprise to anybody that moved here kind of a thing. And so, um, yeah. but it is what it is. And it's, it is to your point, that is a challenge as, as the new development yeah. gets closer and closer and closer to the racetrack, the, the racetrack either has to be 
picked up and moved further into the country mm -hmm. and or it goes away yeah and oh. and and obviously that's one piece but i mean the other issue is you know most of these racetracks are family businesses right right and what's the natural cycle of a family business a vast majority of family businesses don't last more than three generations. I was just going to say this. The first generation starts it. The second generation builds it. And the third generation runs it into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Or the third generation's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, so you got, you got encroachment by suburbia. You got the family business cycle that, it, again, it has nothing to do with how these tracks are run or who's running them. But then you've got the issue of small towns where people are leaving small towns. Um, the aging, the aging population of people who are grassroots fans, you know, for a long time. So you've got people moving out of small towns and, and simply just passing away, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's the way I look at it is there's just so, and, and you got, of course, the cash out model <laughs> that happens too. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you compare that to the family business three generation thing. Um, but, but what I look at from that is the tracks that are surviving, there is so much opportunity uh, for them. And we talk about that a lot in, in a lot of the trainings that I do about, about how much untapped potential there is in every single market. And, and that to me, Kyle, is like, I, I love the fact that racetracks are so good at being able to talk to and engage and, and, and share with the people they've already got. Yes. And what my passion is and help is helping them to uncover how to expand that from the, the loyal and local person that they've already got to the person who watches NASCAR or NHRA or, or monster trucks on TV and, you know, on cable or whatever. Yep. And they don't have a clue that there's 11 tracks within a hundred miles of them. Yeah. Because they don't, you know, they just, they just don't know. And, and, and a lot of people who are listening to this right now might be like, well, what do you mean they don't know what grassroots racing is? Well, you know what? NASCAR never talks about a heat system, right? Nope. And, and when you're watching NASCAR on a Sunday, it's one class of cars. But what, what a lot of what we do is try to educate mainstream motorsports fans of the fact that when you go to Granite City, yep, a hundred bucks is going to get you Five classes of racing, four classes, five. I use five as a round number. Yeah. Yep. Five classes of racing, which means 10 green flag to checker heat races. You're going to get five green flag to checker heat races. Yeah, at a minimum. Um, you're going to get like, you know, uh, hot laps before any of that. So the, the con mainstream motorsports fan has no clue that for that 100, 125 bucks, it's three hours. 15 green flag to checkers races with five different classes of cars that all look different and all have their own little battles within the yep. battles. And that's, that's entertainment. It's like, we were talking about that earlier. It's like, I think in the industry, we lose sight of what the product actually is. And Kenny Wallace actually has been talking about this a lot in some of his coffees with Kenny. He talks about is it is it a race is it a, is it a racing or is it entertainment? Well, the racing is the entertainment, but I think I think in the industry sometimes we're so caught up in it that we just talk about racing, and we forget that it's what's entertaining the people in the stands. Yes, and they're not there because 
you know, there's there's a, a skirmish going on between two people for rules and fractions or whatever. They're not there. They don't care about the backstory. Yes. They just want to see cars race. And the, and the, that's and that's the, what the casual fan wants to see. Yes. And the other thing is they they don't care that it's ten thousand dollars to win. To, mm-hmm. Like the, like the the guy sitting in the seats. The the super fan may understand that it, when it's ten thousand dollars to win that there's going to be a higher caliber of driver there maybe. Um, mm-hmm. but they don't care about, you know, head bolt torque specs. They don't care about how big your piston is. They don't care if you're cheating or not yeah. cheating or whatever. Racers love that, but casual fans just want to be entertained. And it's, you and I are chatting about that before we hit record here that yeah. the competition is the movie theater and the bowling alley and the, like Absolutely. you mentioned, the mini golf course and the, the, the local, you know, bar, those are mm-hmm. the, the, if there is competition for the entertainment dollar, that's the competition. That's where racetracks, in my opinion, need to do a better job of, of creating entertainment is, is really great racing entertainment. Yes, but it can't, the product can't just be racing. Yeah. It has to be a clean facility, a, a well-versed announcer, uh great food, um laughing joking you know serious like drama all of that Mm -hmm. stuff is entertainment to to the people that should be at these racetracks Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's and it's it's i have to be really careful with this too because a lot of times i'll have this conversation with with promoters and they'll look at me like wait what are you talking about like i i know it's entertainment like i push that i'm like it's not that it's not that promoters in general, and we're talking about kind of the, the larger picture. Correct. Maybe we're stereotyping a little bit. It's that they are so overworked and under-resourced and underappreciated that, like I said, I'm not, a, I've never been a promoter. I have no idea the amount of work that it takes to make a race day happen. Yes. Right. Yes. I, I can't even fathom it. It is. And, it is an uncommon. Yeah, yeah people people have not just you, Scott. Like you probably have a much better idea than casual fan person because casual fan person shows up at four o'clock, waits in line, goes in, sits down at the in the you know gets a pretzel or a hot dog or a beer or whatever it is, mm-hmm. sits down, watches some trucks pack the track. First heat rolls out, we do a national anthem, we say the prayer, we're off and racing. Well, this this isn't so hard. Like, what's the hard part yeah. about this? Well. 14 minutes after the races are over and you're in your car waiting in line to get prep for next week has already started. They're working on the track, yeah. cleaning up the concession stand. They're doing an order. They're ordering more garbage bags. They're cleaning the clogged toilet. They're, they're worrying about the, you know, we noticed that there's three burned out light bulbs on the track. They're the, the, whatever it is, right. There's, there's a yeah. billion things on that list and the list never gets done. Like the list is never complete kind of a thing. And so um, it just goes on and on and on. And so to, to your point, add, add marketing on top of that whole list of things to get done at the track. And, and that it's probably the thing, if, if you're a track promoter, you're probably not a marketing guy, right? You're, you're probably yeah, a race car guy. Yeah. You're a race guy. You're a, uh, you know, you're a, you're on the city council, probably, you know, a lot of them. 
And, it, and, and then once they leave the track that night, then they've got like 30 different squabbles between racers to worry about while yes. they're thinking about what's going to happen next week and how am I going to get the word about that? And, and that's where, that's where we kind of just position, you know, get in the stands at, I'm going to switch my background here and just kind of give tribute to the grassroots tracks. I mean, yes. this is where people go. I mean, you know, places like Lima land in Ohio and I 57 drag strip in Southern Illinois. And this is uh let's see, this is, Beaver Creek, Beaver Dam Raceway in uh, Wisconsin, and yep. this is what is that? Uh, that's Plymouth Motor Speedway in Indiana. I did. I visited all these places in the last several months. Um, you know, just when they were closed down during the week or whatever. Right, just right. You know, that's that's what it's about. It's it, people don't know. And I've had this conversation with when I do trainings because we do a lot of uh, social media training for racetracks that have have activated their profiles, which is free. I mean, any track can come to get in the stands, claim their profile, and make sure their their listing is updated with their social media channels and their website link and all that other yes. stuff. And I, I call it the the Gits Bridge, if you will. Perfect. It, perfect. Yeah. I, I my goal is to get as many casual motorsports fans to my site as possible to know that racing exists. And to ship them off. Yeah. And the the more people that I can send to Granite City's uh, website or Bemidji's website or whoever it is, you know, let's make let's make people know that racing is accessible to them, and and not just during a four hour window on Sunday afternoon between February and and October. Yes. Yeah. It's not just NASCAR. In fact, it's never NASCAR. Like it's it's. Man, like it. So I don't even know the right question to ask here, Scott. I have it in my head. What are without without going through your whole hour long, two hour long, three hour long seminar yeah. here? What what's what's one or two things that that a race promoter can do, a fan can do, an announcer can do? What yeah, that'll have some effect. So you know, I, I, one of the concepts that I talk about a lot with with promoters is know that every ripple matters right and every single fan is a potential marketer like like don't 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 catch yourself falling into the trap of believing that if you don't do it marketing doesn't happen there's some 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 and and one of the simplest things this is one of the simplest tips i've been sharing lately and tracks look at me like huh like okay so when when was the last time you and your family did a road trip uh i i just went to st louis (laughs) Right. Was it the whole family the though? Race. Yeah. Was it the whole family though? You, wife, kids, all that? Uh, nope. So it was me, my oldest son, and then a bunch of our other buddies. And so okay, it was so a wife. Yeah. When was the last family trip you took that wasn't racing related? Or or wasn't there? They're always <laughs> racing related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have adult children, so they, they don't. Okay. So they're anymore. older. Like so I would say um, Memorial Day, Labor Day, like we try to go do something, a camping trip or something along those lines yep. on those on those times. And, and somewhere when you're on that trip, you end up at like a scenic overlook of some sort, right? And you take mm-hmm. the selfie and yep. you post it to social media, right? Yep. So my my challenge to tracks is where's the scenic overlook at your track that you invite all your fans to take their family picture because you know they're yep. going to put it on social media yes. that has the track in the background and your logo in the background and they can tag you on social media. Like people are going and, and announcers can support that by, Hey, stop by the turn to overlook yep. and and take your family picture or whatever. And, and that's, that's just one of those things. It, it doesn't cost a track 
anything except maybe if they want to put up a poster that says, you know, it's a turn two selfie spot. Yeah. Tag the track and and whatever. And it's a, it's a $6 sign on a $3 pole. And yeah. Um, you know what it, I'm picturing right now is this is stupid. Is, is the, the piece of plywood with the head cut out of it and you, you know, you stick your head through it and they take a picture and it's your, your, it's mom and dad as race car drivers. Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. And, yep. and and the track logo above it and, and right. victory lane and everything. I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's like, I remember I went to, I grew up in, in, uh, in New England and old Sturbridge village, right? Like is this 1700s era little village and you'd go and you'd put your hand in and it's got the, you know, the, the pilgrim outfit on you yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. And it's like, God, I wanted my parents to burn those pictures, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's another level of it. And it requires a little bit of work for like art or whatever, but right. but it's it's a one-time thing and then you've got it. Like then people share it and people see it and they're like, hey, did you see what the Joneses did? Yeah. Like, and it's it, so that's that's just one of the simplest things that that you can do. And and I think one other one would be if you go to any tracks website, 95% of the content on any grassroots track website falls into one of three categories. It is victory lane pictures, victory circle pictures of yep. the track winners and their families on their car. It is coming next weekend. And it is rules issues. Yeah. Right. Yep. So most of the things come in. Very few tracks post photo albums of their fans with smiles on their face, like pointing towards turn one as people like, you know, if if you want to attract new fans who haven't been there yet who aren't already engrossed in everything that that their friend racer is or their cousin racer is or you know whatever show pictures of people having fun yeah because if if somebody gets to your facebook page and all they see are pictures of victor winners in victory circle like what does that do to somebody who's never been there but they're like oh who's that like yeah but yep. if they see if they see pictures of kids having big wheel races you know, across the finish line and getting a, you win in a bike raffle or doing a candy throw or, you know, all that, that Whatever stuff it is. that track yeah. promoters do. That's the entertainment piece. And like you said, it's, it's not just the racing. The racing is, is entertainment, but it's all that stuff that, that promoters invest so much time and energy in, in between to make sure the fans aren't lost in the shuffle and in yeah. between races and in between crashes and cleanups and all that other stuff. Um, so yeah, that's it. It's it's don't forget that your fans are your best marketers and word of mouth. Um, word of mouth is always the best advertising in the world, right? But word of mouth is now word of thumb, right? Yes, it, yeah. Word exactly. of thumb, and it is word of mouth on steroids, right? Because people can scroll through and and that's and, it. And in both directions, so it, yeah. it's super positive. If it's if it's an amazing event, it it you you are happy leaving the racetrack you tell you know your feed your your story your snap whatever here's about that if it's if it's a if it's a crappy experience you go to work then it is word of mouth you go to work and you tell everybody that that was stupid yeah. you you tell all of your social medias you post videos about it you continue to talk about it for weeks and so yeah. um yeah. Yes. And and I always end with, and I always, I always challenge tracks to this because everything that I train people on and, 
And we're going to be launching um, probably around mid mid February. We're going to be launching a whole series of of webinars that that the tracks who claim their profiles at, at get in the stands. And again, it's free. Just come claim your track. Yes. With Soda's been with Soda's been an amazing partner. Um, you know, they, we've had all their tracks activated and they've posted their race dates. And you know, that's a little bit of a higher level, you know, subscription, if you will, like you know, hundred bucks a year, two hundred bucks a year at the most. But yeah, we're, we're all about making sure people know that something's happening that they didn't know is happening. But I always ask tracks, I always say, if you get a new fan in the stands, how confident are you that you're going to give them an experience that they're going to want to come back to? Yep. Because when it all comes down to it, forget about all the, the disagreements with the racers and the, the, the challenges with rules and, and tech and all that other stuff. How confident are you that somebody walking in the door for the first time is going to have an experience that they're going to enjoy and come back to? Yep. That's the question you need to ask yourself as a promoter every single day. Don't worry about, are they going to be upset because there's only 11 cars on the, on the, on the track? Odds are no. No, they're not. Yeah. The, the only people who are going to be upset about the number of cars on the track are the diehard local loyalists who think, you know, want to have either, you know, talk bad thoughts about why a class is lower than it used to be or why right. cars have disappeared. And those are, I don't even get into those conversations. I, you can have a family of four come and they'll see a race of eight super hornets or eight hornets and they'll think it's the cool. I mean, number one, the sound. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just the, they're called hornets for a reason. And that sound is like mesmerizing, but not yeah. deafening. Um, and so that's, you know, that's what I always go back to is, if you're confident that you're delivering an experience that someone will enjoy and want to come back to, that's your litmus test. And we'll just help. I've told Tom Deary this, you know, from uh, PRI. I said, look, I look at us as Switzerland of motorsports. Like there's 1300 tracks and I'm not going to play favorites between one or the other and if someone wants to invest, you know, $250 of their in, of their marketing revenue for a year, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to make sure their dates get seen a little bit more than the the track that hasn't even activated its claim their stuff. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Right, if they're not going to claim it, they're not going to claim it. It's up to them. Um, but I and we could we could talk about the whole like high limits and world of outlaws and all that stuff that's going on right now that's causing a whole bunch of issues in motorsports or or let's just say discourse let's say yeah um but if we can get more fans realizing how many more tracks are out there and how much fun stuff is going on then that's what counts and that's going to make everybody feel better about the product and, and everything that's going on and there's a lot of tracks that are doing good stuff now too and i, I don't want to lose sight on that um you know overworked under-resourced underappreciated it's I truly believe that promoters are doing as best as they can with the knowledge that they have. And I'm just trying to broaden their knowledge on, on the digital marketing and how to get more sure. people engaged. Yep. Yep. No, that makes absolute sense. Uh, in sort of like what we talked about before you, you know, at PRI, you did a, a three hour long seminar, a class right? And mm -hmm. you broke it up into three different things as you were telling me and the basics of basics was blowing people's minds over like, yeah, I mean, people just were like, wow, like, that's a good idea. Like it's, it's these, this isn't high level 
you know, analytics and algorithms trying to figure out how to get the guy from 25 miles away from your racetrack into your thing. It's taking some pictures and putting them on Facebook or on Twitter or mm -hmm. on Instagram or whatever it is for your track and, and making, making your fans do your marketing for you and, yeah. or encouraging them to basically. Um, and so I, I think it's, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Is, is is what I'm getting out of this. And you are offering a resource to teach racetracks, promoters, owners, announcers, whatever it is, what they don't know. You're, you're teaching yeah. people what they don't know. Yeah. And it's, so I'll just do, just let me do, you know, one minute of data here because Absolutely. I don't want to, I don't want to offend people or turn them off or whatever. But, you know, I think about when I was at the Wissota meetings and, and I talked about the state of Minnesota, right? So in Minnesota, there's 38 racetracks in our directory. In the state of Minnesota, there are 4 million people who are engaged on Facebook, right? It yep. doesn't matter whether they like motorsports or not. 4 million over the age of 18 engaged on Facebook. There is 1 million of them who have interest in something related to motorsports, whether it's NASCAR, drag racing. Uh, and this is all all data directly from the Facebook uh, ad platform and okay. ad servers and all the other stuff. So it's not stuff I'm making up or like hypothesizing, but there's a million people with interest in motorsports, right? So if you think about the 38 racetracks in Minnesota, I went to all 38 Facebook pages and there are about 473,000 followers of all 38, if you add them all together. Now you've got to yeah. you've got to you've got to remove overlap of people who like multiple. You got to remove the out of state people. So it's about a twenty five percent overlap. So in reality, there's three hundred and fifty five thousand people following those thirty eight tracks, right? Maybe a little under ten thousand each. But there's a million people in Minnesota that like motorsports, showing interest in motorsports, and and the the tracks are relatively equally spread out across the state. So there's got to be one within 50 or hundred miles of somebody. Easily. Yeah. Two or three within 50 miles of most. So there's like 655,000 people there who haven't like raised my hand and said, I like Granite City Motor Park or I like right. this or maybe gone to, it doesn't mean they haven't been to a track, but it's, those are the casual motorsport. I call it the, the long tail. There's a, there's a whole marketing concept about, the long tail of, of marketing. And it has to do with the fact of if you have, you know, 10,000 widgets that you sell, the top hundred are going to sell 80% of your revenue, but the rest are going to make up the other 20%. Well, I look at this as the long tail of motorsports are the number of people who don't know how much grassroots racing exists in their area or what it is that, you know, that, that 15 green flag to checkers races and, right. and all that other stuff. That's that's what we're doing is we're trying to get more of those people here because, you know, NASCAR has no incentive to talk about um, grassroots racing during a regular show. They've got they've got sponsors they got to take care of. They got yeah. to show off cars. And, and, and that's a, an amazing product in and of itself. But even when they did the, the clash at the Coliseum, right, which was a heat based concept, right? There, yes. there were heat races yeah. there. And, and when they did Bristol, there were heat races at Bristol, right? And Eldora, when they do the dirt races. But but they they give almost no awareness to what the heat races are. Um, it's I just love the concept. Fact, like the casual, yeah. if you're an asphalt 
hardcore just NASCAR race fan, you might yeah. not know that 50 miles from your house, you yeah. can go watch it live. You know, that the same principle of racing, it's not cup racing, obviously, yeah. but it's, but it is, it's pretty high level racing. You know, our original tagline at racingin.com was racing in for fans of fast. That's it, it's what it is. And I, and I love what like the SRX series is doing, right? Like, obviously it's a, it's a money-making endeavor. It's a national touring series and they're only in, you know, five or six different places, but with using that concept of that Thursday night thunder, yep, they're exposing the concept of heat races within an hour period, right? Mm-hmm. Or an hour and a ninety minute period, whatever it is, and they've got they've added the the countdown timer, and they're going to dirt and asphalt tracks, so they're exposing grassroots tracks, which I think is is absolutely awesome. amazing. Yeah, and and it's the more the more that we can get the superstars of NASCAR to expose the grassroots where they all started. That's that to me is is again it's that opportunity and like I. I get excited thinking about how I can help these tracks tap into those people because they're a, new. A, and a, they're Kyle awesome Larson opportunity. a Kyle Larson Huge. thing. Right? Yes. So he's, he's a cup champion and, yep. and superstar, maybe arguably the biggest superstar, you know, maybe Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, like those guys, obviously yep. a superstar of NASCAR and he's, he's going to run freaking Indy 500 now and all of this other stuff, but yet he jumps in a late model or a sprint car and he's in Fargo or he's in St. Cloud or he's in yeah your small town, wherever you are kind of a thing running with the guy who runs at your track kind of a thing. The NASCAR mm-hmm. champion is there and that brings more people, more eyes. Like I can go see a cup champion at my track. Like that's pretty, yeah. you know, that's, that's awesome. And so, Okay, so so it's it's about bringing yeah. these people, you know, and and so this picture here, this picture is at the 2005 Daytona 500 when I went. That was my first Daytona 500 I ever went to. That was just a family, a father and his three sons, crouched down, signed in the starting line, and I took that picture. I'm like, that's what racing is, that's family, racing, right? Man. That's and I look at it, and it's like. You know, we got a, a Ryan Newman hat. We got a, a Tony Stewart number 20 hat. There's a Jeff Gordon 24 DuPont hat. And this guy's got a, a Lowe's hat, you know? And it's like, it, that that's what, it's a family thing. So. Yeah, yep, yep. And it's, you say family, it's this show that the if there is one word that gets said on this show more than any other show, it's, it's family. That yeah. it, it, families race together. I mean, racers their wives are there, their dads are there, their grandmas, you know, the kids are always there. And then those are all biological family members or, or blood fam, you know, all live in the same address. But then the guy who parks next to you every week at that track and the guy that parks on the other side and the people that park over there. And then that's the pit side of things as a, Mm a professional spectator that I am when I'm not announcing at a racetrack, I sit, my, my ass sits in the same exact spot every yeah. single time I'm at that racetrack. And, and the, the 10 people down and the, the 10 people to my left and right become yeah. my family. And, and yeah. you, you have inside jokes with each other, all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a, whether it's blood or, or 
um, just things in common with each other. Racing is all about your family, right? And it's, so it's community. It that's the word that I was searching for. There yeah. is the community of racing, and that's man, you get me worked up about this stuff, Scott. This is pretty awesome. So, <laughs> so we've talked about what it is. We've talked about um, kind of how it works, what you can do with it, kind of a thing. Is is there? Um, I'm going to be selfish here for just a second. I'm going to use I'm Go going to use it. this platform for being an announcer. What can an announcer do that I have? I have a, a small social media following uh, with mm-hmm. this with this platform right here. Um, I have the the microphone uh, every Sunday night at my local racetrack. What what can the the announcer do? Just one person. What can I do to to add more value, more entertainment to my racetrack? Oh man. Uh... I should know have asked that, you this ahead of time. <laughs> no, no, this is a good question. I mean, it, it, we talked a little bit about this ahead of time and we talked a little bit earlier is realize that always remember that there are there are people in the stands who don't know what you're talking about. Right. Perfect. I, I think, I, I think sometimes when we're, we're so engrossed in the industry that and, and you're working so hard to make sure you're getting the, you know, it, which car was that? Was it, what, do I have the right number, right? Do you know, I have the driver, right? And, and the amount of stuff going through your head, but use the, use the gaps. And, and I think we talked about this earlier is how do you, how do you fill the gaps of time when you're waiting for a wreck to be cleared? Yeah. You know, do a little education, know that, and, and there's going to be people in the fans in the stands who are like, Oh my God! Do we really have to listen to like what's a heat race one hundred and one? Yeah. Um, but what does the red flag 20, mean? That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and have a little script here and there about you know like hey for all you race fans who might be here for the first time here's what the flags mean, you know and and engage your engage your flag man and yeah hey J- hey Joe hold up hold up the red flag show what it looks like this is what this looks like and 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 do those little educational things. And, and, you know, even the, the diehard loyal local fans will get into it because they'll hoot and holler at the flag man, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the for flag sure. girl, whoever yeah. it is. So, you know, don't be afraid to educate because there's going to be, you know, in, a, in, the, in the perfect world, there's going to be people there who haven't been there before. Yes. Yep. You know, and do, and do you know, invite the owner into the booth to have a little, you know, one-on-one chat during a, during a break. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and other and drivers, other drivers who aren't on the track at the time or a, a driver's wife or spouse or, or, you know, or husband, if it's a female driver, you know, invite them in too. Um, it, it just don't be afraid to divulge some of the inside stories to the outsiders who are new, you know, and, yeah. and, and make that part of the entertainment because that's yeah, education can help bring people back. Right. Yeah. And, and because somebody just watched a heat race and, you know, maybe if a, if your local track has a, hey, winner to the back kind of a rule, you know, some the people who are the diehards know that, but the people who are just coming and there might only be like five or 10 of them who are brand new, but educate them and yeah. be like, oh, you know what, since that, since, since Joe Smith was running away, he's going to the back, he's going to have to pass everybody again if he wants to win this race. Yep, yep. And yeah, that's a normal concept of, to everybody. The, but... the sort of stuff that you take for granted because you've yeah. 
you've watched it for 20 years and everybody already knows that somebody doesn't know that. I, I like that suggestion, Scott. That's, yeah, that's awesome. So, okay. So we do a thing on the show. Uh, we, we, I call it the toy department. And so we, we have a little fun. Okay. So in this part is, this part is brought to you by the, the, the sponsor right there, uh, yourmth.com. And we call this segment, the yourmth.com game time. It's, it used to be called rapid fire questions because every single week it was rapid fire questions. I've changed it up going into 2024. Okay. And so each week is going to be something a little different. Your thing this week is going to be, would you rather? So I'm going to give you two things. You have to say which one you would rather. And so, uh, but it's all brought to you by yourmth.com. We talked about them at the, at the top of the show. Unbelievable website. I think now opening their sixth location here in Minnesota. Um, if you're looking for a used car, go give those guys. If you want to support racing, go give those guys a shot at earning your business. Because if you're if you're watching this, I promise you, you've seen that logo right there a million times at the local racetrack. So uh, they're they are all over local racing. They are. It's everywhere. crazy. Yes. Yes. And you probably don't know this, Scott, but the guy who owns or one of the owners of Minnesota Trek headquarters is on the Wissota board of directors. That would be um, Mike Jordette. Mike Jordette. Exactly. And so, yeah. um, and so he's, it's, it's not only money where your mouth is, it's time where your mouth is. And so mm-hmm. it's, uh, passionate is is the word to use for Mike Jordette about racing. So mm-hmm. would you rather, Scott, uh, would you rather go to outer space or the bottom of the ocean? Bottom of the ocean. Why? I, 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 I am a licensed scuba diver. Okay. Um, and honestly, outer space just scares me. I don't think we've perfected it yet. See, and I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, there's, <laughs> I would much rather go out there because we've done it, uh, I don't know, uh, thousands of times we've gone to, to space and there's very few people have seen the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I'm but I wouldn't, want it, I wouldn't want it to be, I wouldn't want it to be in a vessel that implodes. That's, we'll put it that way though. <laughs> Either. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Too soon. Um, <laughs> okay. So question number two is um you can only now this is i'm gonna this is i'm gonna alienate half of the people that you market to buddy mm-hmm. i can only go to dirt tracks or i can only go to asphalt tracks for the rest of my life which one i oh man i know i would say i would say dirt tracks because i can see enough asphalt racing on tv if i want to there you go that's a great answer even even drag racing and and I, yep. I having gone to a couple asphalt races it's better to watch on tv honestly like yeah. it, you you hear more see more learn more you know if, if you're i think about pocono or worse yet a road course like you don't see like pocono is it's it's bigger than some cities right yeah daytona is bigger talladega is bigger I, I look at that it's like yeah, God, it's huge. The, there's there's 60 seconds where you see nothing, and right. you hear the announcer blah 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 jabbered on, and then and then 60 seconds of nothing, and yeah. and so like that is dirt track, baby. That's the right answer. Okay, last of the uh, excellent. I got it right. <laughs> yes, you did get it right. Your opinion is correct. 
Um, <laughs> would Scott, we talked about weather right at the top here. Would you rather live where it is a hundred degrees every single day or zero degrees every single day? I'm okay with the heat. Really? I see. I hate the heat. Like I, I think it's a ginger I, thing. And, and uh, yeah, if it, if the, if the question was 70 or 30 below, then, then it's 70. But if it, even yeah. if it was 70 and zero, I don't know. Well, you didn't say a hundred degrees every day with no air conditioning. If, if you said, if you had changed it to that, I, I might change my opinion. You might change. You know, I, live in, yeah. I live outside of Chicago and you get some I cold. Grew up, and I grew up in New England. So yeah. I, I enjoy winter. I I'm crazy. I enjoy winter. I don't mind going out and, you know, blowing the snow off the driveway. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a part of it. Do I want winter to be 24, seven, 365? No. Oh yeah. That's me too. <laughs> no. Yeah. But um, I don't want it to be a hundred ever. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is the your MTH.com game time questions. The last nice segment. Yes. I it's, it's the, the, the toy departments. I love learning about people, but the toy department stuff at the bottom of the show is, is my favorite. Yeah. Um, the last thing here is called the pay it forward question. And the pay it forward question is where you, or rather my last guest is going to ask you a question, Scott, and then you get to ask my next guest a question. And it sort of okay. ties the shows together. So, uh, and good. this is brought to you by that sponsor right there, the East Central Sports, Mac and the boys down there pimping out the little pit bikes and all that other kind of stuff. And um, yes, exactly. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Tucker Peterson who, if you know who Tucker Peterson is, I'm going to. I don't. Yeah, no. Why would you? Uh, so Tucker is a is a street stock driver, very good. Ended up third in national points this year uh, in the street stock class in all of Wasota. Um, very tight battle between the top four guys. I mean, literally within ten points, twenty points of each other at the end of the season. Um, super cool dude. Like smart beyond his years if it's if that makes any sense kind of thing mm -hmm. um but his question for you was what what is your drive to do what you're doing like there's what what burns down inside of you that that pushes you to do this because it's not you're not getting rich off of it you're it's a mm -hmm. like what, what's where does that drive come from I, it's it's a drive to um Boy, long before I was in in business and race or uh, motor or uh, advertising, everything. My first degree, believe it or not, was in psychology. I was a licensed clinical professional counselor. So, my drive, I, I think it all boils down to helping people, right? And and I think grassroots race fans and race promoters and marketers, they're they are the salt of the earth. I mean, they are they are the ones who you know it's predominantly a blue collar. You know, it's the people who make the stuff we we drive and wear, and it's the it's the people who, you know, blood, sweat, and tear tears. Yeah. You know, yeah. no matter what they're doing. So, it, to me, it's the people and wanting to see an industry. I, I, there's always going to be challenges bigger than we can harness. You know, the whole movement to green energy and away from the, you know, internal combustion engine, all that stuff. That's that's all going to play out over time. I. Yeah. I personally can't control that. What I can control is how can I help the people who are putting their passion and their energy and their investment into this thing we call grassroots racing? How can I help them 
feel a little bit better about not just surviving, but thriving. And that's, that's the drive right there. I love that answer, Scott. That is perfect. Like that. I is- hope Tucker, I hope Tucker, now do you get to share it with Tucker? Or he has to watch through this. Tucker, actually- Tucker will watch. He will know. So, um, <laughs> and did he-, he know who the guest was? He did not. He had heard of Gits, like, cause I said, okay. get in the stance. He had heard of it, seen it. Yep. He, he clearly didn't know the brains behind it. Right. Like you're, you're, you're the uh, wizard behind the curtain, right? Uh, Nobody's seen the wizard. We, yeah. This, I, I don't let the curtain down and thank God the emperor has clothes on today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Okay. So uh, you get to ask my next guest a question okay. and. I was, as you know, I was at the at the Gateway Dirt Nationals, Dirt in December here just last week, and I I met a guy. I went out of my way. Um, I'm I'm going to tell a quick story so that I can ask this question here. Is is I this my show is predominantly a Wasota show, right? It's it, mm-hmm. I, there's a couple IMCA tracks in Minnesota and Wisconsin, those you know Iowa, that kind of a thing, and so I've had a couple IMCA guys on here, but primarily. Minnesota, the Dakotas, Southern Canada, Wisconsin, it's Wissota country. Like this is our Wissota. And, um, and I decided I'm going to make a conscious effort to expand that, to, to get some names that are like, wow, that guy was on the show. And so this is, this is still a, um, for, for those that watch all the time, the show right before this one is a guy that everybody knows named Kenny Wallace. That's who that's who the guest right before uh, Tucker Peterson was Kenny. I, I cornered him at the National Banquet and said, you need to be on my show. And he's like, when are we going to do it, buddy? And uh, and so we did it. <laughs> and uh, and so then there was Tucker. Now there's Scott. The next guest is is national touring modified and late model driver Jake Tim, which is is a Minnesota guy. So there, so the connection is still there. Uh, but Jake travels all over the country. I think uh I looked up at his my race pass and doing my research for him. 90 shows last year, 90 wow. races. Like boom, that's amazing. And so uh wow. yeah, he's a busy dude and and clearly likes some seat time and uh had maybe top five worst luck at the dome. Like which isn't hard to do from the way that that thing just gets cars beat up. Oh, it was, I felt so bad for him because he was bad, fast, real good, fast in his modified. And then mm-hmm. just other people's shit just kept jumping in front of him. And it, but that's the dome. Like that, that's what it, like it's, that should be on their shirt next year. That's the dome. And, and cause yep. that's what it is. Like you, it's a survival race until the last 15 laps of the feature really. And so, and even that may be a survival race based on some of the racing that was going on late in the features there. But so what would, what would your question be, Scott, for, for Jake, Tim, uh, USMTS, uh, USRA, mm-hmm. um, all of these like UMP modifieds, all of this kind of stuff, as well as super late models. He runs them both. All right, let's think here. I can go so many different ways with this. Like, yeah. would you rather race against, uh, you know, uh, let's see here. Boy, this is harder than like, than, than the pick one or the other. Um, <laughs> let's see here. 
God, because I, I kind of want to like throw a wrench into something here, but please do. Um, please do. Oh boy. Um doesn't even have to be racing related. You can take it. Would you it's yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go a totally different way. Yeah. Um would you if okay, if you changed careers and got into rodeo, okay, would you rather be a barrel racer or a bull rider? Uh, that is pretty badass question right there. Okay, there's two to I can imagine there's two totally different personas of a barrel racer and a bull rider. Because you know what the racer, the competition piece of it, right? But the yes. bull rider. But yeah, but the bull rider, you're like the you're like the you're the king of the castle right there, man. Like you're bigger risk of injury too. I oh, mean death. I would, uh, yeah, not just injury, like death like, and glory. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's two thousand pounds of hamburger that wants to kill you. Yeah. And so yeah. What a wow, I don't question. know where that I came up with awesome. that, but I like that. Based <laughs> based on the uh uh watching him at the dome, I think I know what he's gonna say is is bull rider. Um yeah. just because it was there was a little bit of giddy up, you know get out of the way kind of racing going on. There's a really great right. picture that's made its way around where Jake, you can see there's, there's a concrete wall. There's a, a modified race car. And then there's Jake Tim in between the two. And, and the picture is from the infield and you can see the top of Jake's car. And, uh, oh, and wow. yeah. And, and neither one of them lifted and it was for the, it was for the transfer spot into the main event. And so it, uh, it was awesome, but, I'm just looking at images. I'm just doing a Google search here and seeing if I can find that. If yeah, it didn't come up as a top. Jake if Tim you go to, if anyway. you go to Jake Tim racing on Facebook, you will, yep. it, it'll be right there. You'll see it for sure. So um, Jake Excellent. and Tim is two M's T I M M. Got it. Yep. Number 49 Herco modified slash late model guy. So Jake uh, Tim racing. There it is. Yep. I'll have to find photos here. Anyway, go ahead. I don't want to distract yeah. you there. No, that's all right. So <laughs> um I, I appreciate you so much taking the time here, Scott, to to you know take some time with us and and do a little education. Um you had mentioned the webinars and stuff like that from, yep. from Get in the Stands. Is that a you is it it's for the people for the tracks that have activated their account? Right. It's, be. For any track that has claimed their listing and added their logo and their website links, and, and, and they don't have to have done the subscription level or anything, it's when you activate your track, you get invited to our private, you know, Facebook gets programming, or gets digital marketing um, Facebook group. Yep. Uh, and then I do trainings that I'll, I'll do on, on well, training platforms and webinars, and they're going to be fast and furious come after, you know, after about Daytona or whatever. Once, once everybody does, I mean, obviously there's things like the RPM promoters workshop. That's an amazing uh, show that people go to. So once they, once people get through that stuff and, and they're really thinking about, Oh, what do I need to do to get right for, for the season coming up in a month or two months or three months, wherever they live. Yep. Um, there'll be, you know, sessions that people can do live or on demand and there'll be, you know, 15 minute sessions that, won't impose on a ton of their time 
and and that's going to be coming up after the middle of middle of February. So and it's and Perfect. like I said, it's it's I, I want to teach people to fish and they don't have to be subscribers at the high, you know, at any paid level, although, you know, that's great if they do, because we'll get more fans in the stands for their race dates. Right. That's that's what we're here to do is train people and, and get them doing the things that'll help them engage more people. How do I, as a racetrack promoter, activate my account? It's got it so simple. You literally just go to get in the stands, you enter your city and do a search just like a fan would. Scroll down, find your track. And uh, underneath every track where it says logo coming soon, there's a, a little green button that says click to claim and add info. Uh, and then that'll walk them through a process. And, you know, there's choices down below the page for the, the paid ones. But at the top of the page, it's click to add your info. And, and it's a short form. They'll get a couple of emails and they're in there and they just add the information and upload an image. It's done. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Scott, I, I appreciate you. I, I had not tell you how much I love your your mission your passion uh for what you're doing here and if there is ever anything that I can do to help that mission give me a call you have my cell phone number now you, you give me a call and and uh and I am in for sure so well and, and and thank you Kyle for you know I you texted me out of the blue when you were on your way to the Wissota banquet and and you know going to your podcast and seeing that the production value you put to it and you know you're you're doing something a little bit different regionally focused but you know you're you're bringing the stories right and, yeah. and when it boils down to it all these racers are stories right and yes and i'm a story and you're a story and and i appreciate everything that you know people like you are doing to get the word out and i think you know the only the only additional thing i just want to get people remembering is hey we've got our uh, our 2023 favorite track survey going on and you can go to our getinthestands.com Facebook page and it's linked at the top. It's, you know, go and click that link and make sure you vote for your favorite track and share it with all your racetrack friends yes. so that they vote for their favorite track. And um, we're going to give away a bunch of free marketing in 2024 to the, the favorite track in every state. I love that. Cause that just, it, you, you said something earlier, a rising tide raises all ships, right? And that's, mm -hmm. I, I subscribe to the fact that I don't want I don't want my racetrack to be in competition with the racetrack that's a Saturday night racetrack or even the other Sunday night racetracks. Yeah. I want all of the racetracks to be better. I don't I don't want to take their fans or take their drivers. I want there to be more fans and more drivers and yeah. and, and get all of the tracks healthy so that we stop seeing that racetrack went out of business or these people can't yeah. do it anymore or whatever it is. And, uh, and I think you're on, I think, I think the stuff you're doing, Scott is heading is, is a good step towards that process. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And it's, it's just about, there's, there are so many more fans to go around than we can even fathom. And it's, if the industry can, can let go of the me versus me versus you stuff a little bit there still are 1300 silos man it's yeah. it's that's that's a, that's a true reality like every single tr track is a silo in and of itself yep but there's a lot more farmland around each of those silos in terms of fans that that you that know that we're looking up. forward to, yeah. to say hey let's let's get some more brain in, in every single silo and that's what i'm looking forward to but thank you for having me i very much appreciate it and 
Um, you know, I hope the warmer weather stays as long as possible for you. Um, although for those who want the, the cold frozen lakes so that you can go out and do some ice fishing, well, I hope you get that done too. Yeah, I hope they don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, that's Scott Kosek, everybody, on After the Checkers.